the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did you know the leading cause of death today is coronary heart disease, calcification, and hardening of the arteries that deprive the heart of oxygen and triggers heart attacks or strokes? The importance of taking care of our physical heart has been drilled into all of us, but I want to remind you, it's also important to take care of your spiritual heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 states, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Keeping your heart means guarding against all attitudes that deprive our spiritual heart of oxygen. Just as our physical heart will fail if its arteries are hardened, our spiritual hearts will fail if we let it get hardened with wrong attitudes. Maintaining a soft heart in a cruel world takes courage. But is this not what the cross was all about? We gave Jesus our worst, but he still gave us his best. So don't let bitter and happy people drag you down to their level. If people are trying to bring you down, it only means you are already living above them. So stay up. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big. You were made to think big, do big, But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message. Practical things begin to happen to pull Elijah out of this funk. First, he gets some rest. Secondly, uh, we see that God brings some good company uh, into his, his presence. And then the angel said to him, arise and what? Eat. So the third thing God asked him to, to do or had him do to come out of this situation was for him to eat some good good food. And in this case, it was spiritual food because it was uh, 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 angel bread, if you will. Uh, Elijah needed a good rest. He needed some good company. And he also needed some spiritual food. And when I find myself emotionally getting sideways and I know I'm moving in a a wrong direction, I'll start digging into the word more and maybe listening to others more. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll do those types of things because ultimately I'm responsible for me. And I have to take care of myself in order to take care of others. And he said, arise and what? Eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake of uh, baked, I'm sorry, there was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. You see here, Elijah didn't need anything deep. All he needed was uh, a good rest, some good company and some good spiritual food. Actually here it was physical food. Um, it, it was angels food, but 
it was food that he can eat. So, uh, you know, your, your diet can impact you in more ways than you think. So he ate and drank and lay down what? Again. What? Again. Sometimes it takes more than just one good night, you know, of sleep before perspective starts to come back. Sometimes it takes more than just, you know, one phone call from a friend for perspective to start to come back. And, and you know, it, it's not always what's happening to you as much as how you see what happens to you. And when things get warped in your mind and you're not seeing clearly, you can end up like this prophet here, depressed and messed up, missing the fact, you know what, hey, you just led a great national revival. And I mean, you know, fire did come down from heaven. God did answer your prayer. And you did get rid of the false prophets and, and there were things to celebrate. But he, he, he had lost perspective. And this is what weariness and tiredness is designed to make you do. You know, you heard of the 80-20 uh, rule where, you know, uh, uh, 20% of your marriage is tough, but, but, but the 80% is, 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 is pretty great. And often what we do when, we, when we're tired and weary, we start focusing on the 20%. And because of that 20%, we lose the 80 and we have to be wiser. This is why we need solid friends, good company, good company in our lives to, to help us when, when we feel depleted and, and, and our, our, our lens starts getting uh, warped. I mean, when, when, when you look at a, a field of dandelions, you, you have a couple options here. You can either see a thousand weeds or a thousand wishes. How many of you, when you were kids, would blow on those wishes, you know, the white dandelions, just in case you're, you're not, you know, from here, you blow on them and you get a wish. So it really depends on how you see the field. Do you see dandelions or, or, or wishes that are, that are, are emerging? The big thing to do in the midst of weariness is to maintain perspective. It's a bad day. It's a, maybe a bad week. It's maybe a bad month. Maybe it's a bad year, but it's not a bad life. We have to maintain perspective. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, arise and what? Eat. So this is the second time. He says, get up and what? Eat. So sometimes it requires, again, more than one visit. Sometimes it takes more than, than one meal to, to, to bounce back from exhaustion. And in church, I, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't know what I was talking about. I know more about what I'm talking about than I want to ever admit. He said, arise and eat because the journey is too great. It's too great for you. Notice, God had no problem doing whatever it took to help Elijah get his strength back. But God didn't just snap his finger and give Elijah, you know, uh, perspective and all the rest. Elijah had to go through a process and had to be part of the what process. God doesn't require any of us to be Superman or Superwoman. All, all, all he wants is, is, is just his child. And, uh, you know, I've said this before, you know, I'll talk to God and God's like, I don't want to talk to Bishop. I want to talk to you. He just wants to talk to his child, not someone trying to lead, not someone trying to be strong, not, not someone who's trying to bear up under the weight of things. He wants me to talk to him from my heart. And you as, as mother, as father, as, uh, uh, you know, boss, as leader, uh, you know, those responsibilities can weigh on you so much that you're so busy trying to do for others that you're not really 
tending to what's really going on inside of, of you. So he arose and ate and what? Drank. All, all he needed was some rest, some good company, and some good food in order to turn things around. And he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. So it was the practical things. It was him resting, him eating, some company. He spent some time in the presence of that angel that prepared him for what was next in his life. And sometimes it's not attention to these practical things that disqualify us for the amazing spiritual things that God has ahead of us. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, here we go back to that formula. The word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord did not come to him while he was weary and tired. It did not come to him before he had some company and before he was eating good spiritual food or, or good natural food. The voice of the Lord came only after he got those things in order. So yes, we are spirits that live in bodies, but we are not only spirits that live in bodies. Uh, I am, uh, I have a soul, I have a mind, I have a will, I have emotions. I have all those things that I have to attend to as well as uh, try to be led by the spirit and, and operate in spiritual things. But I cannot forget my humanity. The moment I do that, I'm in trouble. Even Jesus, the Bible said he got tired. And what did he do? He sat down. He sat down by a well. And he started talking to this woman and uh, changed the whole Samaritan village. But when Jesus got tired, what did he do? He sat down. Also, he was tired. He'd been preaching all day. And he was sleeping in a boat. And a storm came. And everyone's, you know, knocking, screaming and all the rest. He didn't wake up. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you got to, you got to, you know what? I am going to rest. I understand all that stuff going on. But I am going to rest so that I can do what I need to do to be an asset uh, to everyone else. Ultimately, he did wake up uh, when the disciples specifically came at him and say, actually, they accused him. It's like, don't you know we're prayers you don't do something? You don't care? What's, what's going on? And, uh, but anyway, let, let's keep going. But he was trying to model something to us that sometimes you actually need to, to, to rest if you are a human being. So he arose and, and drank and he went in that, the strength of that food for 40 days, 40 nights, and he's in this cave now. And, and now the word of the Lord comes to him. And this is important. The, the, the condition of the runway determines the bumpiness of the landing. And um, sometimes we're like, Lord, just speak, but we're not in a condition to hear. Sometimes when my heart's not right and not at peace, I'll mishear. The Lord is really trying to say something, but I'll mishear it. I'll add something or I'll put some of my perspective into it, and I'll miss what the Lord is ultimately trying to, 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 to say. So I, I've learned that, you know what, I need to get into the Word, because even when I'm feeling, oh, I, 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 I don't even trust what I hear so much. Um, because typically, God's like, well, get yourself together, and we'll have that conversation. And, and I know that that might seem strange to you, but that's how He is with me. Uh, Derek, calm yourself, possess yourself. Uh, I'm still God. You know, I haven't gone anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to respond to you till you get it together. Um, now, there are times, you know, when something hits you, life just hits you, you know, out of the blind and, and, and God immediately comforts you. 
But I'm talking about when he's given me capacity to possess myself and I choose not to, it's like, well, I'll wait till you're done. And this could be two days, two weeks, three, three years. It's up to you, buddy. But I am not going to become codependent uh, with you where I am supporting uh, your bad behavior, buddy. I need you to possess yourself and be the individual I called you to be. And then as you stand up and show me the Derek I want, I will communicate with you. Do you understand? He's a good father. He knows exactly what he's doing. And this is some of the problems with, with some church people. They're always having, ah, and, and they think that's when God, you know, speaks. I'm like, I don't know if we know the same God. Um, you know, that, 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 that panic and all that. Typically in my life, God's like, when you're done, we'll talk. Uh, and I mean, maybe when, you know, when you're a baby in Christ, you know, you, you cry and mama comes. But, you know, when you're, you're, you're 20 years old and, 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 and you're crying over uh, something that, that, you know, really doesn't add up to a whole lot and stuff that you've been trained to go through, God's response might be just a little bit uh, different. And he said to him, what are you doing here? Now, this is God asking the question. What are you doing, Elijah? He said this as if to say, I, I never sent you here. I never told you to run. From Jezebel. But, but you got upset. You started making bad decisions. And whenever I start following my depleted emotions instead of God's word, I end up off course. Now, notice I'm talking about me so you can't get mad at me for talking about you. So I'm going to just talk about uh, my stuff. But, but we all go through the same thing or, you know, different levels, different times. But he said here to, to Elijah, whenever God asks you a question, not because he don't know the answer, you know that. He said, what are you doing here? You know, I need you to locate yourself. What's really going on inside you, Elijah? But what's most amazing to me about this verse is despite Elijah's state of mind, just a couple of verses ago, he's talking about, God, I want to die. You know, I wish you'd just take me, you know. Uh, God still spoke to him. Uh, but again, he had to go through this process of collecting himself and all the rest. Uh, you know, your weaknesses, my weaknesses, they're not greater than God's mercy. And God will be merciful, but God was also training and disciplining him in the midst of him being merciful. Please understand that. I don't know if you get it. Let me, let me step back. If you're in the room, I'd be able to take a look at your face and I'd know whether or not I should repeat that or not. But, but just in my heart, I'm not sure if you get that. God is merciful and God will speak to us in our pain and our hurt. But when we know better and we have capacity to possess ourselves, God's like, I want you to do what I put in you to do. And then when you do that, I will do what's next. So if you keep flipping out and all the rest, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I believe I'm saying it by the Holy Spirit here. God is not going to communicate to you the way you want. And, you know, the yelling and the screaming and, and the falling out, the slamming of the doors. And you think, you know, God's going to come down from heaven and stop. No, when you possess yourself, when you start acting like adults and start trying to talk things through, versus all of the animal behavior, God's like, then I will inject myself. But as long as you keep acting like that, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to let you do you, and you're going to have to reap what you sow. And when you get tired of that, I will uh, then come in and help you. So uh, please understand, God is merciful, but he's also uh, a good parent. And he's trying to train us to live right and to be emotionally healthy and emotionally strong. And if God you know, didn't let us ever feel any pain or discomfort, um, we, we would be a bunch of spoiled, messed up children. So God, God in his wisdom, allows us to, to, to feel certain things 
Uh, and when we feel them, he expects us to handle that properly. When a child gets upset, you know, they scream, fall on the floor and all the rest. But when you see an adult do that, that's a whole uh, another thing. So again, God doesn't lack mercy. And, and you like, why is he speaking to me? Doesn't he see all the pain I'm in? God's saying, when you own you, you say, well, you know what? I'm in this mess. And you know what? Maybe you, st- you start owning your stuff. Maybe, you know what? I'm in this mess partly because of me. Uh, maybe it's not just the other person. When you start trying to possess your soul, that's when God will step in and begin to help you. But again, if he's always, you know, running after you and as soon as you, you know, have that emotional flair and, and he ministers to you and gives you word, you're going to keep staying like that for the rest of your life. So with Elijah, before God really spoke to him, he said, Elijah, I need you to get some rest. I need you to have some good company. Elijah didn't seem to have a whole lot of friends. He was off by the, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Lake Genesaret. And uh, the, the birds fed him. He was by himself. Part of his problem is his isolation. That was part of his issue. Um, and and he, 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 he was tired. So, but God sent an angel. And even if you don't have the relationships you want, God will send a person into your life to, to, to minister into your affairs. But it's better to have some folks in your life that uh, uh, you can uh, be comfortable with when you're struggling. You can be transparent with. Elijah had no one to talk to. So Elijah got stuck in his head. And uh, so he had the rest. He got some company, some good company. And then he ate some, some good food and uh, real, real practical. And sometimes diet matters. If you just, you know, eating McDonald's every day, um, you know, you, you, especially if you're over a certain age, that, that could start impacting you. So, so, you know, there are lots of things that, that we, we could pay practical attention to that will help us uh, when we're dealing with, with crisis. Let's skip to verse 11. Then God said, after God helped Elijah get his mind right, please notice this, don't miss this. God did not just, you know, in the midst of, you know, I want to die, immediately minister to him. He had to possess himself. He, he had to eat, he had to rest, and, and these other things. After God helped Elijah get his mind right, God, God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the, the, the Lord. Now, it's hard to see clearly through a cracked window. It's very diff- difficult. You, you really can't, 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 can't see properly. So what God's doing here, he's ministering to his brokenness. Um, and, and, and he uses some practical ways of, of dealing with, with, with the man in order to help him hear what God was about to say properly. So just like you can't see through a broken glass, sometimes when, you, when your emotions are all broken and all, all messed up, you can't hear properly. So God first, you know, uh, wipes and cleans the glass, if you will, or puts the glass back together so he can see clearly. And then it says, and behold, the Lord passed by, and he's about to teach him a lesson. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into people before the Lord. In pieces, I'm sorry, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And we think, well, if I go to that certain church service, you know what? I'll get the breakthrough. Sometimes God does do that, and church services are important, and great things happen. Um, however, if you always need this hyper-emotional experience in order, or this hyper-sensory better experience, um, you, you're not yet where God wants you. So God's like, okay, this is what you think you want? Let me give it to you, and I'm going to show you that's not going to fix it. And this is why sometimes we go to this great service, 
I mean, the power of God is moving. You hear this great word and then you leave and you feel just as empty because you're not really trying to lean on the Lord as much as on things and stuff and other people. And God's calling you to him himself. And behold, the Lord passed by. So the Lord's in it. The Lord is in church. he's, 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 He's in the things that we do together when we're excited and happy. He's in it. So the Lord passed by in a great strong wind tore. The mountains broke the rocks, peace before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the, 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 the wind. So the Lord's, it seems like a contradiction. It said the Lord passed by, but then it said the Lord was not in it. Meaning the thing he needed from the Lord was not in that thing. So sometimes you can't get what you want from the thing that you think you should get it from. Uh, and God's saying, ultimately what I need you to do is lean into me personally more than that, that thing. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the, the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the what? Fire. And then after a fire, or after the fire, a still small voice. Here was the problem. God had to raise his voice in order for Elijah to hear. How many of you have raised children? And it's so frustrating when they can only hear what you have to say, you know, when, when you have a certain tone. That you, you can't just say, hey, come, come, come. But, but you got you to take that parental type of deal for, for them to, 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 to pay attention. Something's fundamentally wrong in a relationship when a person has to yell to be heard. So God's like, you know, Elijah, to get your attention, your emotions are screaming so loud. To get your attention, you know, you, you, you got the winds and, and the rocks and the fire or lightning coming down. That's what it takes to get your attention. Some people boast on it. Well, well, I'm not going to do that unless like, God appears in my, my room. I need a, a burning bush in order to do it. Why? What, what's wrong with your relationship with God that you need such an encounter to do what you know you ought to do? I mean, who, who are you? And, and God's dealing with Elijah. Elijah, I don't want to have to yell at you. I, I don't want the noises and the voices in your heart so loud that, that, that you can't hear me. And Elijah, what I need you to do is get your heart quiet so that you can hear my intimate whispers again. And that's what God was after. It's like, let me strengthen you so I can whisper, not so I can yell. And that's what God is saying to each of us. I want to be able to whisper my will and you hear me. I'm tired of talking over the crowded thoughts. I'm tired of, 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 of now see, God's not tired, but you know what I'm saying. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, this, this is not good that, that I have to, you know, uh, you have to get through six television shows before you have any time to, to, to look at, at my Bible. Even, and even when you look at it, you know what, you're, you're tired and preoccupied by what just happened in the show. And, and you know what, I, I'm, I'm, it's wearisome to, to, to even God to have to keep talking over, you know what, all these other things that are more important to God in our lives. And uh, this, this was the case with Elijah. And it was a still, small voice, meaning a whisper. It's like, I've been here all the time. It's just been so loud and, and your emotions been so, you know, it's like a runaway train, all that noise. You couldn't hear me. But finally, he, was, he, he quieted his soul enough to hear what the Lord was saying. So what I'm saying to you is your emotions are real. Real stuff happens. Sometimes real stuff hurts. And you know, if you have a pain in your body 
it, it, it's hard to, to, I mean, if your hand's hurting, it's hard to remember how good your foot feels. And, and it's real easy to lose all sense of proportion. But what God is saying is, hey, I want to speak to you, but I'm not going to speak to you in that tizzy. I'm not going to speak to you in that ha ah, because you're going to keep going ha ah, ah, I think I'm going to speak to you again. So I'm intentionally not speaking to you this time. Yeah, in the past, maybe I've done that, but it was because of where you were spiritually. But now you're in a new place. I'm not going to speak to you till you possess yourself, until you, you, you quiet your soul and position yourself to hear from your God. I hope you're able to follow the things that I talked about today. And I really believe that's a word for each of us. God wants to speak, but quiet your heart and soul. Do whatever it takes to get in position to hear what the Lord wants to say to you. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. It is said that pride is your greatest enemy and humility your greatest friend. Pride can be defined as the excessive belief in your ability that interferes with the recognition of the ability of God. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The reason pride is a problem is because God tends to ask us to do things bigger than ourselves that always require his help. So if you can always do it by yourself and never feel overwhelmed, my guess is that you really have never really tried to accomplish much for God. The reason a proud person never risks is because of what people might think if he or she fails. But the humble person never stops trying because too much is at stake for them to only do nothing. So if you're in over your head, it just means you're trying to go somewhere that only God can help you get to. I'd rather look back at my life saying, I can't believe I did that instead of if I'd only tried. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big.